I lag behind. I am free of the confines of the hospital bed, but not yet in my new, now empty body. I am swollen and bruised and stitched. Someone else's ankles appear shoved like elephant legs into my tired house slippers. We walk up the slope of the driveway with our new bundle of joy. We, the now larger family. We, the foursome. My handsome husband walks ahead with long, strong strides, the balloons that read, it's a girl, in one hand, and the baby bag over his arm. I carry the sleeping two-day-old Kate in her baby carrier. Sally looks back over her shoulder at me with concern. She bounds back to me like an excited puppy and grabs my free hand. Come on, Mom. She is so elated to be a big sister at last, only three and a half and yet she is aware enough to notice I am not keeping up. Where has her energetic playmate gone? Who is this new woman so tired she can barely lift her feet? She smiles at me, kisses my hand, and tugs on my arm to pull me forward. I laugh to reassure her that the old me is still here, hidden somewhere inside this 10-ton body. I'm coming, I say. At the door, Ken fumbles with the keys and casually throws words my way without looking at me. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, my friend Phoebe is in town to see the play tonight. I invited her to dinner, so can you make some pasta or something? From a fog, I tried to grasp the nature of his request. What did he say? Cook? Tonight, I say? I try to catch his eyes, but he won't look at me. I've been hanging on these last three days in the hospital, waiting for the four of us to be together at last. I've been dreaming of lying in his arms again. I'm hanging on by a thread, trying with all my might to make this marriage work. How do we get back to where we used to be before we became parents and Ken began to check out on me? I'm hoping the new baby will be the magical ingredient that will bind us together with renewed love and respect. Tonight, I repeat, who is she again? I ask in as steady a voice as I can. I lean on the side of the house. Sally dances and hops from one foot to the other in between us and makes silly faces at her sister. Phoebe, Phoebe, you know, my old college girlfriend who lives in San Diego? She's in town to see the show, so I told her I'd take her. He races his words, rapid fire. I hear the tension, the impatience. Inside my head, I'm screaming, what the hell are you talking about? I just delivered our child 48 hours ago, and you want me to cook for your old girlfriend? <laughs> Can't you see I'm about to drop? Can't you see me? But I don't say any of that. I sigh. I count to five inside my head before I answer. All the time, I'm wondering to myself, where is the explosive, headstrong, independent woman I used to be? My 20-year-old self would have never been this submissive. Where is that fierce, impulsive, Italian-American girl that sashayed around the streets of Manhattan, leaving men in her wake? Where is my fighting spirit? This man is kryptonite. I love him so. Every inch of him, every gesture, every nuance of his voice, every smell from his luxurious body, I have become powerless. I never saw it coming. Now I stand broken, wishing this were a dream. It is my own fear of failing that makes me spineless. 
As a child of divorce, I simply want to spare my children the agony that I went through with my parents' continual separations and reconciliations. I will make this work, no matter what. The door bangs open, Sally bolts inside with a jubilant yelp. She can't wait to see the tiny baby so doll-like, lowered into her crib, which we set up together, right alongside the marital bed, so I can breastfeed with ease. I'm exhausted, Ken. I need to lie down. Why don't you order in Zanku chicken? I push past him, holding onto the wall. My fingers trail along the cool November plaster, feeling my way like a blind person. A delicious collapse on the bed. When Ken brings baby Kate, we skip the crib, and we three girls all get in the bed and snuggle. For a moment, I am strong. I am a mother. Love surrounds me in a protective womb. Laughter awakens me from my sleep. Did I sleep? Groggy, I lift my head and see the sleeping Kate nestle beside me. Her breath is even and silent. I lay back. Strangely, I feel so alone. I catch the unmistakable smell of mayonnaise, garlic paste, and rotisserie chicken. Dinner's in full swing. First, I hear Mercy's voice, Ken's mother. Then a woman's voice I don't know. Then si Sally's tiny peals of laughter and Ken's chuckle. A story is being told. I stumble out into the light, half-heartedly brushing my hair from my face. Too bright. Nothing is in focus. Then I see. There I am, sitting at the table, only taller, prettier, same green eyes, smaller, thin lips, pointy nose, long, delicate fingers dripping with sparkly rings, same dyed brown hair, sharper bob. That's me, only in tip-top form. That's me with money. A cool glance up, she takes me in. She stands. Nice to meet you. I'm Phoebe. Oh, yes, darling, I know who you are, <laughs> I almost say. My stomach twists into a knot, and I feel instantly nauseous as I think of the nights I have spent alone during this pregnancy because of Ken's work. That old excuse I was willing to believe. My mother-in-law throws me a sympathetic glance, one I have never seen from her before. My throat contracts. I cannot look at my husband. I hear the words, don't get up, float across the room. I must have spoken. I stare at her in disbelief. We are twins. We stand on opposite ends of a rotating door. That night, my husband takes his girlfriend to see the production of the play he wrote and I produced. The play I asked all my talented Juilliard classmates to act in, asked my best friend to direct, and that I produced to the minutest detail while carrying our second baby inside me. That play, that magical collaboration of our minds and bodies. Ironically, the title of the play is Heaven. He does not return home until 3 a.m. I hear his stumbling entrance into the house as I nurse the baby. He sleeps on the couch. She sleeps in his dreams. I don't sleep. For the first time in a long time, I am truly awake. I cannot breathe, my heart races. My chest hurts with every breath, like my heart has been nailed down by an ice pick. 
There's no way to lie to myself any longer. Nothing can ever be the same again. My husband is having an affair. I have stared my replacement in the face. Now what should I do? How do I keep this house of cards standing? I chose to stay. I know we're making a move to the East Coast in less than a year. And I reason with myself, for my children's sake, I should hold on for this big change in our lives. Surely the girlfriend will not follow us. She's a married woman, after all. I tell myself we can start over fresh in Chapel Hill. My husband will travel less. He will spend more time with us. He will golf with clients less and let someone else do the overseas business trips. I will be brave enough to ask him for that again. I will gamble with misery for the happiness of my kids. Our troubles simply hide, hitch a ride in our luggage and continue to grow over time. My fear of failure is so great, it takes me five years to end the marriage. One day, just like that, I'm done. My marriage has run its course and it is clear that staying, not leaving, is to fail. I brace myself for the fallout. To my amazement, I slowly emerge with strength and joy. I am dancing and singing in the kitchen again. The most satisfying moments come when I see my daughters thriving and fiercely independent.